0: Head over to TheInforium.com slash Nebula to sign up now. Hey, what is up, everybody? And welcome back to the College Info Geek Podcast, the internet's best resource for getting ahead as a student, but a terrible resource for learning how to brew your own artisanal, beautifully homemade kombucha.
1: Yeah, I can't say we're we're probably going to cover that. We probably won't.
0: We won't be. We're very likely not to cover that. There is somebody on the College Info Geek team who does make their own kombucha. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Ransom does. Oh, well, there Mm -hmm. it is. So, you know, if everyone in anyway, college Info Vogue branded having, kombucha, oh my god, coming we can to sell uh, that. I see no problems in selling a weird, fermented, bacteria filled drink. Yeah, coming to a misguided online that store we near have you. No experience making whatsoever. I see nothing wrong well, with it. Well, as this. long as
1: you put on the label, if you drink this, it's not our fault. That's true. Then it's legally that's airtight.
0: Even if you put it in like the most light font imaginable on the back oh, of, the yeah, bottle, it's got on the of the bottle. Actually on the .01
1: opacity. Yep. You know, and that's well, we but did. it's still there. You should have read we it. You should have done your due diligence before drinking internet bacteria juice. <laughs> which is just great branding. That's, that's fantastic. Exactly what I would call it too. Fantastic branding right there. Get a little bit of IBJ <laughs> for your morning routine.
0: Internet bacteria juice. Dude let me crack open my Internet bacteria juice. Oh, yeah. I forgot that this one likes to fizz up. Oh, that's a fizzy IBJ. It's a fizzy IBJ. Yeah. Which one, which one are you drinking? I got the root beer. Oh, that's right. The live kombucha. I love that one. Yeah. I'm sure that if I were to look too deeply on the internet, I would find plenty of articles telling me why it's actually terrible for me. But on the surface, it tastes like yeah, root beer. Care. It tastes like root beer, but it's a probiotic kombucha drink. That has eight grams of sugar for the entire bottle, which is less sugar than any of the weird vinegary tasting kombuchas that I've gotten well, in the past. That I love to Rowdy Mermaid. Like, that stuff's good. Okay, Rowdy Mermaid is hands down the best kombucha that exists. It's delicious. And when I was considering moving away from Colorado, this was one of my big like things I was going to miss because yeah. i have seen it nowhere
1: this episode not brought to you by rowdy mermaid but you I know mean, send us a few bottles i whatever. would take
0: rowdy mermaid sponsorship the only problem is like most people listening to it wouldn't be able to buy it because i've yeah, only um, seen it in colorado and only in whole foods or hipster brewery things that i've been to yeah even our safeway doesn't have it which is sad but i, I found this stuff called like Bing beings or being I i don't know it's a little more vinegary than that stuff but it's pretty good that's fair I'm down with a little bit of vinegary taste anyway yeah. you just gotta get used to it
1: yeah. v- vinegar smells clean to me it does smell because clean. I made a uh like a, a simple homemade cleaning spray to wipe off counters with that's like part it's basically diluted vinegar with a like a couple drops of lavender but because of that now I'm associating the smell of vinegar with me having just cleaned the kitchen so it like feels
0: nice are you gonna become one of those like frugal blogger moms? I've you always saved money by making your own soap.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I've always wanted save to be the
0: bacon grease. Oh, actually, cooking actually,
1: and Ashley and I got a kit to make our own bath bombs.
0: That that could be pretty nice, actually.
1: I want to make everything homemade. I want to make tons of stuff, particularly <laughs> food. In this case, randomly a cleaning fluid because mm. it was super cheap and stuff.
0: Well, you are going to have a nice kitchen soon.
1: Yes. So no excuse I am. not to make this your own is, food. You know. Um Universe willing, maybe it'll all burn down before I move in. The entire universe?
0: Yeah. Hopefully. Oh, well. (laughs) We'll start a new one. That's very Mad Titan of you. Anyway, let's talk about whatever it is that we are planning on talking about today. After I do the intro. Hi, my name's Thomas, and this is Martin. In case this is, for some reason, the first episode of the podcast you've ever listened to. I wonder if is, you know, the, is the title of this that's one a
1: decent enough Is the title of this starter, one compelling I guess. enough?
0: Actually I I don't even know the full title of it as I we're recording it. That even if somebody was discovering the podcast today, they would not choose this episode as the first one because the one before it is literally productivity lessons from video game design.
1: Yep. Who would not that's click true.
0: that one first before that's anything true. else? That episode is dope. And then the one right after that is how to build the perfect day. I love perfect days. It's true. And video games. And following on the heels of those two fantabulous episodes, we're doing a five questions because we haven't done one in a while. Bam. And I love doing five questions. It's like just a good time to riff. So every three to four weeks, five weeks sometimes, we take five questions from you guys over on Twitter, not Instagram anymore. I'm officially getting rid of that one because I don't check DMs. I don't know if you do, but Twitter, email. I might
1: occasionally see them, but I wouldn't count on it.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't count on Instagram. I honestly, Instagram for me is a place to put music. Hmm. Maybe someday I'll get back into it because I know I have fluctuating interests. It all comes back around like our generation's weird obsession with 80s culture. I was reading an article the other day about how like the whole cyclical recycling of culture started with like the 50s resurgence. And before that, it doesn't seem like there was a whole lot of cyclical like i don't know recycling of popular culture Hmm. possibly because tv brought mass media to both the visual and audio medium whereas in the 20s it was probably pockets of pop culture with a lot of like less pop culture in between that's my guess very perhaps anywho all that to say we take five questions from you every few weeks And Twitter is probably the best place to send them, but email is fine. Thomas at com, or YouTube comments. Actually, yeah. If you're watching the podcast on YouTube, we often take questions from the YouTube comments for the episodes down there or or comments on my regular videos as well. Uh, But this week we already have five. So if you're listening to this and you are a time traveler, sorry, you cannot go back in time and submit a question for this particular episode. Unless you already did and that's
1: one of them. Oh my gosh. Didn't depends on that. how time travel works in this situation.
0: Well, is it like a different like time? Like, I, I haven't theory. fleshed out
1: the send us the physics you're using so that we can understand whether you've already done stuff.
0: Yeah. If your time travel model matches up with ours, then maybe we can make <clears throat> something work. Otherwise it's a no go. Yeah. Deals off the table.
1: There are a lot of options <laughs> and some of them I don't like. It's gotta be a very specific. Okay. Kind yes. We'll find out.
0: Yeah. Anyway, let's get into the first question we have this week. Uh, I just started reading 10 pages a day. I guess that's their habit they set for themselves. But I'm averaging 30 plus. What other small habits have large upsides for you guys? So I guess the gist of this person's question is, uh, what instances have we committed to a very small habit that actually had much bigger rewards than just the completion of that habit on a daily basis? Yeah,
1: you get get more than what's on the surface. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, for me, waking up early is one of them because waking up early automatically puts me in a better mood and ability to do everything. It doesn't matter that I'm up early. That's not literally the important part because even if I stayed up an hour or two later and shifted my whole day, the morning's just a better time for me. I'm taking advantage of my Canadian rhythm as I believe it is called. I
0: think it is called the Canadian rhythm. Yes.
1: I've got that Canadian rhythm. (laughs) And, uh,
0: Certainly not circadian. No, that's because circadia sank into the sea a thousand yeah, years
1: ago. Exactly. So. It doesn't even make sense. But I'm taking advantage of that and it gives me more rewards. Um, I also have a habit of making a cup of tea in the morning, which gives me far more than just a cup of tea because it starts me off by not being in a hurry. Hmm. And if I skip that and go straight to getting ready, I tend to be in a hurry. Yeah. For the whole day. If I start out in a hurry, the rest of the day is me freaking out about deadlines. But the cup of tea makes me slow down. And then posting a photo to Instagram, which uh, I'm trying to do every weekday now again. And for that, it's sort of a keystone habit. Yeah. Because it starts the rest of the things. It's Mm. It's one of the big things that gets me out of bed to wake up early because I'm like, if I post a little later than my normal time, Usually my photos don't do as well immediately. Yeah. And the algorithm's all dumb and it messes it up. Like if I post too late, people, they're on their way to work or they're at work or some other stuff's going on.
0: Oh, so you've actually found that your posting time does matter on Instagram.
1: A little bit, at least for the initial push. Okay. You know, because I don't really care if it keeps doing well three or four days later because I'm not looking
0: at it anymore. Yeah. Huh. I did not know. Basically, Uh, it's all morning stuff for me. Okay pays off. So I was trying to think of things that individually started small, but then ballooned into something greater. And I guess like the, the angle you sort of took was habits that set you up for a more successful day for the most part.
1: Yeah. They give me more of a reward than just doing the thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, so the big one that comes to mind for me is, um, which I don't use anymore, but when I was using fidocracy, I would go out And try to do small challenges so for anyone who doesn't know what fitocracy is and it's fitocracy like fitocracy um it's basically habitica for fitness it's got video game-esque challenges into it when you do a set of curls or bench press or you go run a mile you get a certain amount of experience points you level up you can do challenges get badges all kinds of stuff there's no bosses to fight so it's a little less rpg-ish in that Aspect, but there's a lot of leveling up. And when I was using it, I would often go out with the intent to get a small challenge done. And then in the middle of the workout, be like, Well, I'm actually feeling good. I'm going to push to the next one. So I remember going out to get my five kilometer and in the same run, getting my 10 kilometer. Or, you know, being like, Okay, I'm going to go, I want to get like 10 sets of bench press in today because I'm going to get a lot of experience from that. And then I would just get like a great workout in general, not just bench press. But it was usually like going in with the intent of getting one small thing done. And then when I found myself in the midst of doing it, I was already motivated and hyped up and I just kept going. So really, it's just like anything that builds momentum and gets me in the state of mind to keep going. That's a good thing. Can be a bad thing, like too much of a good thing. Because one time, and there's a post about this on College Info Geek, (laughs) I set out to get, I believe it was a 30 mile bike riding challenge badge. Now, 30 miles with what I set out to get, like with what I set out with was, I think it was like one bottle of water and a banana in my stomach and that was it. Probably not the most advisable thing. Now, if I'm even going for a 10 mile ride, I bring two bottles of water, regardless of what I'm doing. But I was stupid back then. Anyway, 30 miles would have been fine. But I get to a certain point in the ride where I'm 15 miles in and I'm like, I'm feeling good. I bet you I could push out and go 25 miles an and out and then come back and get the 50 mile challenge too. And then about 43, 44 miles on the way back, my body just ran out of energy entirely. And it was getting hot because I'd gone out for much longer than I thought. It was starting to get past the early morning. And uh, this is real sketchy, but a dude in a white van picked me up on the side of the road. Tom was kidnapped. (laughs) And he's like, hey, you need a ride back home? And I'm like, all right, under normal circumstances, this would be very inadvisable, but I think I'm going to die on the side of the road right now. So fortunately, he brought me home. I passed out for three hours and recovered. But that was a bad idea, so... Yeah, don't yeah. try to die by cycling. Bring ample water and money and food when you go on a long bike ride. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Don't don't push yourself <laughs> too far. Uh... Anyway, other than that, the Fidocracy thing was very, very positive for me. And I'll often create little challenges for myself that do a similar thing, even though I'm not using Fidocracy. I just don't want to have too many tools I'm using. I'm already using Habitica. Yeah, I try to minimize. Tools. I don't want to Habitica and Fidocracy or anything like that either. No. Uh, the other thing is, as a climber, no workout tracking app really works for me. Oh, yeah. Because. If I was just going to the gym, it would be fine. I could track everything. But when I go to the climbing gym, I'm like, "Well, how do I how do I like record my climbs? Like I could record every one. Like, all right, I did a 510. I went and did a V6 boulder challenge or whatever, but I don't think it would be that useful to do because one V6 could be totally different from another V6. So, really the only progress that matters to me is did I get a V6? Yeah. Can I go up to a V7? Things like that. I've only ever done one V6, so. Okay. (laughs) I think what I need to do is work on getting to V6 in in general. Yeah. Uh, Another one, the whole concept of pick up and play. So I leave, well, at at first I left my guitar just out in the living room. And I would always just like have this idea that I'm going to pick it up and play for five minutes. And then usually I'll play for like half an hour or an hour sometimes. So I've extended that after getting really into Tosh Sultana, which I talked about a couple of episodes ago, I have a loop pedal with my guitar and then the piano is plugged into the loop pedal and a drum sampler is plugged into the loop pedal. So now I can do the same exact thing except for I can make an entire composition. And it's, it's almost never the intention to make an entire composition. It's the intention to sit down and play, but then I'll come up with something and be like, wait a minute, what would this sound like with a drum beat behind it? What would this sound like with a chord progression behind it? And before I know it, I have something. Ooh, and thanks to your recommendation, I have a way of recording these that works really well now. Uh, So for anybody who has an iPhone, and I bet you there's probably an Android equivalent to this, but I haven't heard of it. Uh, There's an Apple Music Memos app. And I usually was recording my my music stuff into Evernote, which works fine. But the Music Memos thing, it lets you put a drum beat behind a melody so you could even like hum something into it and then you could throw a drum beat behind it to see how it sounds. Um, it tries to identify the chords you're playing. I've realized this doesn't work that well if it's a really complicated It, it depends thing. on how
1: clean the sound is and how yeah. isolated it is. You, you got multiple instruments and effects going on. You're yeah.
0: probably going to confuse it. I tried it with just some regular cowboy chords on my acoustic guitar and it worked just fine. But with the stuff that I'm doing, it doesn't work at all. But that's fine because it also has a little note section. So, I mean again, you could do this for Evernote, but I like the fact that Music Memos just lets you hit record instantly and then worry about the notes after that. So, the only thing about Music Memos is it's a little buggy. So, I tend to back my recordings up to Evernote afterwards anyway. Oh yeah. Yeah, but I do like the the drum beat thing cuz sometimes I'll get a melody in my head, I'll just hum it to myself and then I'll throw a drum beat and see how it sounds. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, I have like a hundred and some recordings on that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty useful app. I just wish they would update it because it's, uh, well, it probably looks fine on your phone, but on mine, it doesn't cover the whole screen. So I can tell they've- It looks fine on mine. They haven't really been giving it a whole lot sometimes of Sometimes it's recently. a little slow to load, but like- Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it'll be like updating. I'm like, why does it need to update my note? It hasn't changed. Yeah. So I don't get it. Anyway, that's, those are my big- small habits that roll into larger ones due to momentum uh second question which i just scroll scrolled past what do you do for your health when it comes to cooking i struggle a lot with cooking and i always end up ordering takeout which is quite counterproductive and hurts my wallet hurting your wallet's feelings so yeah how do you cook healthy food uh you make it easy yeah you make healthy food
1: easy Mm-hmm. I've had to, I've done this lately because I still hate my kitchen until I move and get a better one. Mm-hmm. And so, the other day I, I've been roasting stuff. I roasted. I bought some pre-cut bell peppers, green beans, and some tempeh bacon, and just roasted them with some olive oil and threw it on some rice that I boiled. This now, meal was for super some easy. Some
0: people who don't know what roasting means, which would have included me a year ago, uh, what is roasting? I
1: put all the stuff in a glass pan on a piece of parchment paper uh baking kind not literally don't just get parchment that's different okay um and then i drizzled some olive oil over it and just kind of baked it for uh 20-25 minutes like 400 degrees meaning baking put it in the oven the difference is basically i think it's that when you're baking you're creating something new like the ingredients turn into a different food they turn into bread okay and you know roasting they're just cooked yeah so just put it in the oven.
0: So literally, just chopped up vegetables, throw it in a glass pan on top of some parchment, and drizzle olive yeah. oil. Yeah, and it was Maybe a delightful meal.
1: Effort. It was it was really good. Yeah, and it took very little effort. My lunch doesn't even involve cooking because it's just like almonds, kale chips, fruit, hard boiled eggs uh, with some avocado hummus on rye or sourdough or something. Yeah, very little effort is put into that
0: mm-hmm. because
1: as soon as there's effort, I don't want to. Yeah. And my third thing which is maybe even more important than these two, is that I've had a whiteboard in my fridge for a while. I used to use for recipes and stuff. But now I just have my meal plans listed out on it because I usually, when I go to the store and buy groceries, I've got, okay, I'm gonna get breakfast stuff, lunch stuff, dinner stuff. I'll put it all home. And then tomorrow I'll be busy during lunch and I'll forget that I have food or what I was going to eat. Yeah. And I'll be like, oh, there's probably nothing. And then I'll just go get food anyway. But now mm-hmm. I can be like, oh, wait, wait. That's the lunch I was going to eat, and I do have all these ingredients, Yeah. so I won't forget about them and then neglect them and then let the produce go bad always, which I used to have a problem with.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, the big thing for me also is just ease. Have hard-boiled eggs around, have almonds, have uh, always a bag of carrots in the fridge. Um, The other thing for me is a smoothie is always a go-to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I know I got a bag of frozen spinach in the freezer. I got several bags full of uh, frozen fruit. I've got protein powder, got chia seeds, whatever I want. Throw it in there. I'm good to go. The big thing for me is I I keep the bags full. So they are gallon Ziploc plastic bags for each ingredient. And when it gets low, I go buy another one and fill it back up. okay. Because running out of an ingredient... Even one ingredient sometimes can be like, oh, I don't want to make the smoothie because it won't have-
1: Yeah, the recipe's ruined.
0: <sighs> I don't have any spinach. It's going to be a terrible smoothie. Don't want it. You can't even taste like, if if you don't like vegetables
1: or something, you can't even really taste spinach in a smoothie. You seriously can't. Uh, oh, you could also, sometimes I like to de-stem the spinach or arugula or whatever, then chop it up real fine. It's more or less like a spice at that point and is barely noticeable. Oh, that's true.
0: That does seem like a high effort way to do spinach. Yeah, that's just a high,
1: <laughs> that's a high effort vegetable hack.
0: Look, if you don't like the taste of spinach, I would say that it's likely eat a bunch of you it. haven't tasted spinach made correctly. I think that's because true of lots of food. you put some spinach in a pan with some chopped up fresh garlic, some salt and pepper, and some olive oil and butter, you saute that up, it's going to be delicious.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of food like that. Like tofu is just, mm-hmm. if you don't make it right, it's a terrible food. Did I used to think that tofu was gross. Same with like almost every vegetable I can think of because yeah. if, if I'm just growing up eating microwaved or canned stuff and I'm like, this is gross, I don't like it. But then mm-hmm. I can cook it now and it's good.
0: You know what? I So I told Anne the other day, and she might hear this on the podcast, I'm not sure, uh, that I don't like baked beans. But you know what? It may be another instance where I've just never had baked beans made correctly. And that's because literally every time there's baked beans, it's just people buying bushes in the can. Yeah. And maybe heating them up on the stove a little bit. I'm just like, eh, it's not that good. But who knows? Maybe if you took real good quality beans and you made a nice gravy or sauce, maybe I'd like them. I'm not sure. But yeah, I think with very few exceptions, most people who don't like certain foods just haven't had those foods made correctly. And it happens. You know, a lot of people just don't know how to make food the right way, or they don't feel like it, or they don't have time. So they go and buy a bag of frozen Brussels sprouts and put some salt on it. And that's it.
1: Don't disrespect the Brussels.
0: My mom used to do that sometimes. And boy, we thought, we thought Brussels sprouts were like literal garbage food when I was a kid, but no, it just turns out they're incredibly bitter unless you make them correctly. You roast them and put
1: them in a lemon miso.
0: And then they're probably the most delicious vegetable. Except for... I, what? Okay, what's the most delicious vegetable for you? Do you have one in mind?
1: Roasted cauliflower.
0: I take mine back. You're right. <laughs> I take mine back.
1: You can do so many things with oh, cauliflower. Roasted yeah. cauliflower with like any sauce on it becomes my favorite. Yep, I the would The texture agree. is beautiful. Other than I don't really like the stalks. I like the other parts. Yeah. The
0: the head part. Same part. same with uh, roasted broccoli. Like the stalks are okay, but the head part if it's roasted with, you know, olive oil or something, it's delicious.
1: Yeah, and there are so many pockets for sauce and stuff to go in. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Perfect vehicle.
0: I would I would eat roasted and breaded cauliflower like the chicken cauliflower stuff at that vegan restaurant. Yeah. I would eat that over fried chicken every single time. Every time. If you were like you can never eat fried chicken again,
1: but you can have this. I would yeah. say yes. All right. No, it's not a big deal. Yeah, that had gristle. This is perfect every yeah. time. Yeah, it's there's it's never amazing. there's never a surprise.
0: Um, my second one is probably artichoke, if it's done really well. And I don't I think I've, a I've even had artichoke, honestly. I've only had it a couple of times, but I did it once. Uh, it was like a artichoke dish at a restaurant. Oh, I can't remember the name. It was like some French place in New York City, and it was absolutely delicious. And then uh, something that I make quite often is just sautéed asparagus and shallots, which uh, if you haven't had shallots before, they're like onions, but better. So sautéed asparagus and shallots with fresh chopped garlic, salt, pepper, olive oil, um, butter. And if you happen to be, you know, throwing bacon in it like I do, also the bacon grease from when you cook the bacon. But if you don't eat bacon, it's still absolutely delicious.
1: Yeah. Uh, So I guess the moral is make cooking easy or or make it fun. Yeah. You know, I love cooking and that makes me want to do it more when I have a good kitchen. But Mm -hmm. now I don't like it in my current
0: kitchen, so it needs to be easy. A couple more ideas. Uh, Bulk cook.
1: Oh, yeah. Bulk cooking.
0: I never do that. Make big old casseroles or big soups on a Sunday or one weeknight evening and you have meals for days. It's a good idea. I'm just not organized enough. Well, when you get organized, organization is everything, man. In the new kitchen. We have an entire article on bulk cooking. I think it's actually, it's a meal prep article. So for our show notes guy, look up meal prep on the website, not bulk cook. But we'll have that in the show notes. And then one other idea is to journal your food. So one thing they mentioned in The Power of Habit is people who journaled what they ate started eating better because...
1: How specific were You're they? Recording. Did they have to be like 32.6 grams
0: of broccoli stalks? I don't know. Or brock stalks? I started journaling my food yesterday as an experiment, Okay. and I'm just writing what I ate. So I woke up and had a cookie for breakfast. Sad face emoji. <laughs> so just, just the but food. Then, yeah, but then I had like, you know, stir fry vegetables and chicken. That was good. Yeah, just just what I had.
1: Okay, I've had trouble with like, I've tried to use calorie trackers to eat more. I don't think the quantity matters. But then I always just hate it and then give up in like two meals. I just give up.
0: And again, it's like the small habit that builds momentum. If you are like, okay, I'm going to weigh my food and it's not the point. The point isn't literally how much you ate. The point is to get a record of what you're eating. So you can look back on it and either feel bad about yourself and then have to improve it or feel good about yourself and want to keep the streak up. feel bad about yourself and revel in it that's true Ate doritos yesterday ate more doritos today i don't know could i eat more doritos tomorrow challenge accepted whole bag whole bag challenge healthy tip number one doritos there we go sponsored by doritos
1: i don't want to be sponsored play halo 3
0: with doritos and mountain dew that's what all the cool kids are doing This week's episode of our show is brought to you by our friends over at Brilliant, which is an awesome resource for anybody who wants to become, one, a better overall problem solver, which can help you be more creative, can help you in your career, but also to anybody who wants to increase their skills and their knowledge in the areas of math, science, and computer science. Brilliant has two awesome features. Number one, a huge library of in-depth courses that can teach you different subjects ranging from algebra to calculus to statistics and probability to classical mechanics and gravitational physics and other science courses and computer science courses, algorithm design, uh, Python programming, computer memory, all sorts of really cool stuff. And in addition to those courses, which are built on the principle of active learning and get you solving problems immediately instead of just sitting through lecture material, there's also a new feature this year called daily challenges where every single day new challenges are posted that take five to 10 minutes, give or take to solve. So they're not too frustrating, not too involved, but that get you in a problem solving mode of thinking. They make problem solving, they make learning a daily habit. For instance, the one that I just uh, did the other day was on creating artificial gravity in space by using centrifugal force to create like the spinning ring, which is how you do it. If you wanted to make gravity in space, there's no gravity buttons that I can think of in spaceships. So, and I think uh, Interstellar actually hmm. uses that to create gravity in space in that movie. Anyway, with a free account, you get access to new daily challenges every single day. So if you want to make learning and problem solving a daily habit, you can do it for free with Brilliant. And if you decide to get one of their premium subscriptions, you're going to get access to the entire archive of daily challenges from the beginning, plus access to all those in-depth courses as well. So if you want to get started, head over to brilliant.org slash collegeinfogeek. And if you're one of the first 200 people to do so, you're going to get 20% off that annual premium subscription. Once again, brilliant.org slash collegeinfogeek. And a big thanks goes out to Brilliant for sponsoring this episode and being a big supporter of our show let's get back into it question number three i often find it really difficult to enjoy a dinner a walk on the street reading a book or even sleeping without some sort of background noise like white noise or podcasts or music playing when it's silent anxiety and discomfort come in and the silence feels loud why does silence cause anxiety for me and other people So I'm reading a book called The Shallows right now, which is about what the internet does to our brains. And I'm going to do a video on it. We can maybe do a podcast on it at some point too. Uh, But the whole central argument to the first part of the book is that our tools literally shape us as we use them. So good example, when we developed the clock clock, we started thinking of time as discrete increments of a greater whole. Yeah, that's before, one of the most mind-blowing things. I think to it's think crazy, about. right? Like when people before people had clocks, which is most of human history, people perceived time as a steady flow, like a stream. No individual parts. It's just, ah, eh, it's whatever part of the day it is. I guess the sun's right there. And I was thinking about like, how do people meet? Because right now we'd be like, oh, we're gonna meet at noon. You know, and then if if someone's five minutes late, we're just like, I can't believe you're five minutes late. What the heck, man? You know, back in ancient Greek times, they'd probably be like, uh, we're gonna meet when the sun is overhead, and then one dude would probably show up and just, I don't know, do pistol squats could, for an you hour or maybe, something. Like, maybe what do they do while they're waiting?
1: Like a, like a sundial and have a really rough estimate, but
0: yeah, but even like the sundial is probably over there, like on the other side of the forum, I and you're just like, you're not gonna go over there and check it. You just probably show up at the forum and then, hey, Pythagoras shows up like some amount of time later. He's always cool late. It. Pythagoras is always late. Every time. Dealing with music and stuff, right? So we had all that time of human history perceiving time as this never-ending stream. And then the clock comes along and we start viewing time as discrete individual increments that come one after another. And then the argument the book makes is that having the clock around it made us think about everything else differently. We started thinking very scientifically about everything. You know, what else has individual parts? What else can be taken apart and broken down into its constituent elements? Same with like maps. Um, We used to think of spatial, you know, areas by memory and from our perspective on the ground with what we can see and hear and smell and everything like that. And then the map came along and we started thinking in more abstract terms. And then we started mapping relationships and we started like using the term mapping for things other than representing a geographical area. And we have like mind maps and all kinds of stuff. So the tools we use, they extend and change the way our brains work in ways that we can't um, predict. So I would say that people who are uncomfortable with silence, their brains might have been changed. Yeah, they're not used to silence anymore. Constant exposure to music or white noise or podcasts or whatever. The brain is plastic. It adapts to basically the experiences that you force it to have. So I think that means one of two things. Either you can accept that your brain has changed and just always have background noise on and accept the consequences or the, the positive aspects of that. Or you can go through a period of withdrawal, letting your brain change over time. And I would posit that eventually that anxiety and discomfort would probably subside
1: yeah I think you got to get used to being bored again and not requiring distractions to get through mm-hmm. uh, unless the problem is that when there's nothing to distract you literal like extra anxious thoughts specifically come in you know like uh, uh, there was like a week where I, when I, I would stop meditating because when I tried to meditate it would just I was Thinking about all these existential things a little too many times, and every time I'd sit down to meditate, I'd just be like, "Here's five minutes to think about death," and then I was like, "Well, that was a terrible idea. Let's not meditate this week. Yeah, we'll come back to it later." So if that's the problem, then you know there's a different root issue that we can't guess here. But if it's just yeah. you're uncomfortable with silence, you're probably just not used to it. We got distractions everywhere all the time. Mm-hmm. We don't need to be so overstimulated.
0: Yeah, it's I can't really go into the area you're talking about right now because I've never dealt with any sort of like serious anxiety that causes existential dread. A little bit of anxiety here and well, there. You know, but...
1: I like to grab onto a thought and then never, ever
0: let go. Um, that being said, I have had periods of my life where I'll wake up and I'm uncomfortable taking the time that it takes to get dressed without having like an audiobook on or, or music on or something. Yeah. And then I'll catch myself like, wait a minute, I, why can't I get dressed? Like it takes 30 seconds. Well, because my brain is used to constant stimulus.
1: You could also ask people why they can't go to the bathroom without phones anymore. Yeah. Because that
0: wasn't always an option. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, we used to have- Literally
1: every single tiny moment of solitude is given to technology somehow. We used to have 1,001
0: useless facts book on the toilet. Yeah. Now you just look at Twitter and you get mad at politics. And you don't
1: even count how many useless facts you're getting. So you don't know if you're getting your money's worth. I think I've gotten more than 1,001. Yeah, but you only think, what if you've only got 900. Dang it. You're ripping yourself off. I've
0: been paying for internet service this entire time. I could have gotten that book for like ten dollars.
1: Yeah. You need more useless facts. I think I
0: need to reevaluate my life and my financial decisions. So anyway, I think that that's the rub. You know, you either gotta get used to it and you have to subject yourself to silence just like you have to subject yourself to boredom, or you accept that this is the way your brain works now. And who can say that, you know, one mode of thinking is better or worse than another? I have some preliminary thoughts on it. You know, I would say that uh, the experience of being uncomfortable, getting dressed in silence and spending 30 seconds without an auditory stimulus is probably a bad thing.
1: It, do- it does seem like that would probably end up
0: being a negative influence. Yeah. and uh, I think that that is uh, going to seep into my work as well. You know, if I can't uh, sit and write without going over to check the internet every three minutes, four minutes, like that's terrible because you can't do really good deep work in three minutes and you can't do it if you're constantly interrupting yourself every three minutes. So I would say it's probably more likely than not that accepting this way of thinking and the way that your brain has changed is probably not the best way to go about doing things. If you want to be comfortable with boredom and able to work on one thing for quite a while, but Hey man. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you what the best way your brain operates it's, is.
1: Yeah, I think living in the present is pretty useful, but you can go ahead and live wherever you want, man. Yeah. I'm not man. a time wizard in attack mode.
0: I am. Oh, well, no. I've always been a time wizard in attack mode.
1: <laughs> That's my secret. I don't even know what this... <laughs> <That's my> secret. <laughs> now we're just mixing completely <laughs> random. They don't even
0: slightly belong together. <laughs> That's my secret. You always have to be my trap car. <laughs> I don't even... <laughs> All right. Off the rails. Question number four, off the rails. Oh, that's a good video. All right. I love the energy that coffee gives me, but I absolutely do not want to grow addicted to it. I get jumpy, I'm full of energy, and I'm super efficient. What can I do to feel like this all the time? I do get a solid eight hours of sleep every night. So this sounds like somebody, and this is going to be a super hyperbolic example, but this sounds like somebody being like, man, I really love the feeling like when I'm on drugs, but I hate to come down. Like, how can I always just be high on drugs? Like all the time, man. Like
1: I mean, caffeine it, is a drug, man. It doesn't
0: work that way because if you're constantly overtaxing your dopamine receptors, like eventually you're going to burn them out. It's just, it's a state that you can be in temporarily, but your body was not designed to operate on that all the time. Yeah. Sorry, man. Go be a gerbil, I guess. Yeah. You probably can't be firing on all cylinders at all, at all time.
1: That's, you know, unfortunate or whatever, but
0: yeah. So to, to put this in more clinical or psychological terms, this person is wanting to be at the peak part of the peak and valley cycle at all times. And that's a totally reasonable well not reasonable, but totally understandable goal. Yeah. Like I would also love to feel like I'm at my peak at all times. But I think that every human in the history of humankind can tell you that that's just not realistic. So what we have to to shoot for is the optimal baseline. Yeah. And the optimal baseline is going to be an average between those peaks and valleys. So hopefully that average is higher than, you know, where it is right now. And you can start making it go up in time, but you're always going to have periods at which you feel your best and then periods at which you kind of have to chill to recuperate. And uh, I mean, this person is very correct in the fact that coffee is a drug and it does that, but you don't want to get addicted to it, you know?
1: Yeah. And I I was pretty much relying on it for, you know, a month Mm -hmm. there. I haven't been drinking it as much now, but I definitely needed it to stay awake. And the thing is, if you do keep drinking it like this, eventually you won't even get that feeling from it. Yeah. So even coffee won't be the answer to coffee at at that point. You just got to raise your average with like, I don't know, like hydration and sunlight and exercise and Mm -hmm. um maybe eating less sugar so that you have less blood sugar spikes yeah low glycemic stuff i think i read about i think it was um maybe maybe a month i had read about or saw a video i don't remember how i see things but they quit basically all added sugar i don't know if it was more than that i don't know if it was all sugar but i think it was all added sugar at least for a month and while they weren't just you know suddenly super powered and full of energy all the time they noticed that they were kind of decent at all times they weren't they weren't just crashing and tired their average maybe went up which is what you're saying the baseline you want to so maybe get off the roller coaster of sugar and caffeine Mm -hmm. and get yourself some electrolytes because it's what plants crave
0: it is what plants crave was that uh wheezy waiters video was it like we quit sugar for a month? And it was like one dude and his wife on the thumbnail, and that and sounds had like right. Nine million views. That sounds right. Yep, that was Weezy's video. That so sounds We'll, we'll right. put that in the show notes. Yeah, boy, the uh, that's a trope that works well on YouTube right now. I did this for thirty days. Here's what happened.
1: It's yeah. People are experimenting on I'm themselves. Gonna exploit that. I'm gonna break my fingers <laughs> every day for thirty days, and I'm gonna tell you what happens at the end of this experiment. I walked
0: around on my hands for thirty days. Here's what happened.
1: Yeah. Well, well I'm, I'm, now c- I'm curious. Why did you do this? <laughs> you know, it's a great video. Because I thought it would get oh, views. drink green tea also. There yeah. you go. It's got a little bit of caffeine, but not a ton. It won't yeah. get you addicted to it. But monks did use this to keep themselves more alert during meditation so they wouldn't just fall asleep, which mm-hmm. you can't reach nirvana sleeping. They needed to yeah. be slightly alert. And it's tough when you're literally sitting there and doing nothing. So the green tea kept them awake.
0: And you know what? It's This is not a reason to ditch coffee. Like coffee's not some evil drink that should be avoided at all costs. I love coffee. But also when I wake up in the morning, I don't instantly think I need coffee. Otherwise you should see me in the morning before I've had my coffee. I'm unacceptably rude and I'm actually just being a mean person and I'm using a scapegoat. <laughs> no, I wake up and I could be just fine. I go work out in the morning and I don't have coffee until afterwards. So, for me it's like I just really enjoy the taste of coffee. Yeah, I still like it's coffee. It's a very it you know, it's a very comforting drink for me. It's like part of the routine. I I enjoy it, but I don't need it for energy. If you find yourself needing it for energy, then that's a sign that your brain has some repairing to do and you should probably go cold turkey for a while. Um so we have the biological aspects. Good sleep which this person is getting uh, though we did, he didn't say anything about sleep hygiene, sleep quality. So make sure the sleep quality is just as good as the, you know, the hours you're getting nutrition. Um, we've got episodes on that, how to eat cheap and healthy. It's a good one. Uh, your exercise, sunlight, exposure, hydration. Those are kind of like the big five, but then there's the psychological factors too, which I don't think it talked about very much. You know, what are you doing with your hours? are you doing work that excites you or work that bores you? Because mm. man, I see, sometimes I just like, I see a person who just has like this exuberance for life and you can tell that what they're doing is something they really care about. And it's almost like the challenge that they've taken on is a drug in itself. And it just yeah, it they, motivates them. You gotta to have be the animated. literal motivation
1: to be. Yeah. Actually, that's that's interesting because I, as I was saying earlier, posting the photo to Instagram, having a photo to share is what makes me get out of bed. Mm-hmm. Before I was doing this again, because I had quit posting daily for a long time and I wasn't sure how often to post and winter's dumb. But now that I'm trying to post every weekday, I'll get out of bed like immediately. Whereas mm-hmm. before I would just say, well, what's the, what's the difference if I yeah. sleep another day? like it doesn't matter. So then I'll just fall back asleep, wake up in the wrong part of my sleep cycle, because that's all I can really do is get a half one or something. Mm -hmm. And then now I'm tired all day because I screwed it up because I wasn't motivated to get out of bed first.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Go watch this Adam Neely video. Um, I think it's called like, this is why you like the music you like or something like that. And the, the thumbnail says your tastes are stuck at age 14. And it's this whole very well-researched, interesting video about how your neurological um, and I guess your brain's response to music in terms of like the reward cycle and dopamine release, it peaks at age 14, age 15 around there, Mm -hmm. which is why people like you and me, though we probably will say like, I'd like this new sophisticated, you know, uh, Aurora or whatever music that came out now, like... If you were to do a brain scan on us, we'd probably get the most dopamine rush from like in my case, Linkin Park or Hybrid All that Theory Remains. is a good album. It is a good album. In your case, also Linkin Park and probably some Tupac old school rap. Oh that's yeah, what you I, set, were up, listening I to. set up
1: this 50 Cent playlist where it's nothing but like the chill beats. You know, it's not super aggressive. Perfect background tracking to get me through anything. Mm-hmm. It's because that's what you grew up listening to. However... I do listen to a ton of jazz and classical now that I didn't back then. Yeah. But I bet I do get more dopamine from the 50 Cent playlist. Mm-hmm. That's probably true.
0: And he he makes the point in the video that as you age, like you'll still discover new music, new genres, and you'll you will appreciate them, but it's in a different way. And if you do brain scans, like it's not quite the same as when you put on some good old crawling in my skin. These wounds they oh, won't heal. Lyrics
1: are so bad, but I love it so much anyway exactly. because it's just a fan.
0: Grade yeah. A. And Adam's taste of the same. He's just like you know what I like: Linkin Park and System of a Down and Corn and all this corny music, <laughs> because that's what I, like I listen some old, to I like some old corn. at that pivotal period of my brain's development. But anyway, my point here in the video. Oh yeah, we he talking about music. shows this uh, a few video clips of Alzheimer's patients who, you know, for the most part, they're just like looking really down, not doing a whole lot, very low level of energy because a lot of their mental capacities and faculties have gone, which is really sad. But give them a pair of headphones playing the music they listened to when they were in their teens and 20s, which for a lot of these people was like jazz, big band, bebop kind of stuff. They just come alive. So it's not just the biological factors like sleep and nutrition and whatever. It is what gets your brain circuits activated? What gets them excited? What actually gets those neurotransmitters flowing? Like what's interesting to you? If you're doing something that is soul sucking, you're going to feel like you're down in that, that valley forever.
1: That you know? example makes perfect sense. Make a playlist. It occurred to me that when I drive long distances and it when it when when nighttime hits, I become so, I could fall asleep in an instant. Mm-hmm. I hate driving at night. So the only thing that keeps me awake is if I loudly play like Get Rich or Die Trying or Graduation or something, something that I would have played back then. Yeah. And now I'm suddenly awake because I remember all the lyrics. I remember exactly which song's coming next. That's the only thing that gets me through night driving. Didn't even occur to me. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a fantastic energy source and I'm doing nothing about my body's nutrition at that moment.
0: hmm Huh. Yeah, so mind and body. Make
1: an energy playlist.
0: Boom. Yeah, or you can go on uh, Spotify and check out Tom's workout playlist if you like metalcore and probably explicit lyrics should give that that uh <laughs> disclaimer up front <laughs> i don't work to make my playlists friendly for children or people who don't like the f-word so.
1: so that's well that's i mean i was just talking about 50 cent and kanye west you know it's not this is true yeah my I'm, study i'm not playlist, listening to censored music censored music is a curse it's a blight on art it is
0: yeah yeah, which is it's all Walmart's fault, and probably
1: like the PTA. Literally half of the albums that I liked back then are just nothing. It's <laughs> I always thought it was ruined, funny because parents be like, "Oh, ruined. is that
0: censored? Like you better be listening to the censored version." Like you know I what they're, know saying. What they're saying. You're just
1: ruining the the art form, is all. You know what's going. The censorship
0: on. censorship literally makes me focus on it more. Yeah. So I don't, I don't get it. You know, I mean, maybe we should be encouraging people to choose artists that have maybe something more substantive to say rather than just censoring specific words because people don't like those words. Yeah. You should should
1: just go to somebody that didn't need censored (laughs) that way. That way you get the full art as they intended it.
0: And like, I mean, you know, it, it is, it's a matter of, I guess, audience, like sensitivity to the audience and cultural sensitivity that I choose not to say these words, but really what do these words mean? Not a whole lot that's harmful or offensive, ooh, time to get Mostly. derailed into linguistic context <laughs> and some stuff, yeah, anyway, um my study list my my study playlist is all instrumental, so there's nothing to worry about there, same with my work vibes playlist, but if you get into my workout playlist, you know it's whatever you're just getting into whatever I listen to, and I don't hold back for that. It's got to get you amped except for I probably won't put a till on there. <laughs> I don't listen to Attila very much, Okay, but on the the few occasions I do go listen to Attila, I don't want to put that on a playlist because I'm embarrassed about that.
1: That's, well, you just said it on the podcast. <laughs> I'm so apparently
0: it's... not embarrassed enough not to admit to listening to it, but. That's fair. It's It won't go on my curation. I'll put it that way. I
1: listen to tons of stuff that doesn't make me look cool.
0: That's true. Yeah. Anyway, let's go to the, the last question here. Uh, I'm a sophomore. Oh no, I'm in my sophomore year and my GPA is a very low 2.4. Because of financial problems, mental stress, and family problems, I wasn't able to focus on studying, and I even failed one of my biology courses. After that, I dropped my bio major, and I'm now doing computer science. So how can I raise my GPA to a 3.5 from a 2.4? Bribe the teacher. Bribe te- we could get into the That's- math here. I wasn't going to go with bribe the teacher. <laughs> you put my it's brain the fa- on this. It's the fastest answer. You no, know, The fastest answer is to be computer science major. You hack your grades. That's a good point. And then you hack yourself back in time to unhack them because the police are coming for you now. Or at least the academic standards board. They will Just hack
1: help. everyone's grades.
0: That's true. If you hack... It'll be harder. Everybody
1: has the motive now.
0: Yeah. It's like, uh, oh, what movie is that from? I can't remember what movie it's from, but somebody <clears> comes in and they take their test wearing a hoodie and sunglasses. And the teacher's like, pencils down. And he keeps working, keeps working. And the teacher's like, I'm going to fail you because you didn't stop. And he comes up and he's just like, do you even know who I am? He's just like, no. And he shoves his paper in the middle of the stack. Why am I familiar with this?
1: Because I don't think I've seen any movie where it happens or any, I have no idea why I know it. But yeah, I've heard this story.
0: Somebody will put it in.
1: Hack everyone's grades. First of all, lots of people will thank you as long as they don't then decide everybody fails, you know, and just all the students get detention. But they probably won't do that.
0: No, don't hack your grades. No, don't do that. You got to work, Okay. So, I mean, let's break down this question here. There's like financial problems, mental stress, family problems. So, how do you work past these things to enable yourself to focus on studying? I mean, the one thing that I can mention here is that uh, without getting too into it, um, my family went through problems when I was in college, but I was kind of removed from it because I was in college. And that meant that I didn't have to deal with the stress as much. So... On a smaller scale, can you find a place and some time you can carve out to sort of remove yourself from stressful situations? Like, is there, you know, a spot in the library you can go to instead of studying at home where it's more likely something's going to come up? That could be one thing. Okay. The other thing is like ask for help, you know, and, and we don't have the context here um, to know if they did that or not, but anybody who's struggling with their GPA and they have legitimate reasons for it, like talk to your professor about it because people are understanding, you know? Yeah. I, th- I think you've had a situation where you got injured and didn't uh, didn't your English professor like extend a deadline for you at one uh, point? Actually, they did the opposite of that
1: and I failed that class and had to retake it.
0: All right. Well, the problem
1: here being that my advisor would have vouched for me had I ever met her prior to that day. Mm. So I did not have the preemptive relationships in place to get me out of that one. Yeah. And, uh, you know, part of the situation was my fault. I, If I hadn't skipped a few classes, I wouldn't have gone over the limit while injured. Yeah. I, I'll accept that. But uh, they would have worked with me if I had the relationship set up.
0: So basically you came in as an unknown quantity and their very first impression of you was, I'm late on this help. The very first impression was, as you can see, I have crutches. I done broke
1: some bones in my foot because trampolines are the devil's work. Can you give me, Can you say that I'm broken? It's right here. Can you just say that I'm broken so that this teacher will let me just finish the class? And then they were like, I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't vouch for your character. I don't know you as a person. And I was like, that's fair. Yeah. I can't really argue that. Anyway, then I retook it, which is actually mm. something I wrote down here because you might be able to retake some of the core classes true. and do a better grade the next time. Oh, because my yeah. my thing doesn't show failed class. I got like a B or an A the next time I took it. And that overrode the first one because that was the school's policy.
0: Yeah. Moving your grade point average up with a bad grade on your record is very difficult just because yeah, of, just of averages. math. Yeah. But if you can retake it and replace that grade.
1: You can undo the damage. Boom. Mm-hmm.
0: The other thing is this is something that uh, my career advisor told me multiple times. If your like master full GPA is not that great, but your major GPA is awesome, put your major GPA in your resume. Yeah. And some companies won't care that you got a C minus in philosophy class because you got all A's in your computer science classes. That's what they care about.
1: Yeah. And even if they ask you about it, you know, they're like, don't, don't hide it. Just be like, yeah, my full GPA is not great because the first couple of years, I was going through some stuff, but then I, I found my way through it. I worked really hard and I came back out on top. And that, that kind of capacity for growth mm-hmm. is a great sign for any company because they're like, this kid's gonna get through the struggles. Yep. When when work gets hard here, they're not just gonna check out and quit. Yep. They're going to be able to push through something. That's, that's even more of a good sign than if they had just had good grades the whole time to begin with, because mm-hmm. then we wouldn't know if they knew how to grow. Yeah, we
0: want to see improvement. Um, big thing for me though is, use the resources you have available to you. People want to help, but you gotta, I think you gotta cultivate those relationships as soon as you can. And this person going into computer science now gives them an opportunity now to meet their professors, meet their advisors, just yeah. get those relationships off the ground. So that way, if there are struggles down the road, they can go back and those people will know them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, my advisor would have helped me out if they could have vouched for my character, but they mm-hmm. didn't know me, so they couldn't. If your teachers know you and they're like, you've been working hard all semester, this week something something happened, yeah, yeah I'll give you an extra deadline. You, yeah. can, you get an extension. But mm-hmm. they're not gonna do it if you're just a stranger acting for favors.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so those are the five questions. Uh, I know we mentioned quite a few different resources. So if you wanna find the show notes for this episode, you can go over to cigpodcast.com slash 266. Or you can slash that 266 right off the end of that URL. Just go to cigpodcasts.com. If you want to subscribe to this show, you'll have subscription links sitting on your browser in front of you for Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and plenty of other different places. The RSS feed is in there if you want to paste it into a different podcast catcher of some sort. Uh, And if you want to support this show, a great way to do it is to go write us a review and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Uh, or give us whatever kind of rating you want, but hopefully it's five you know we've been working pretty hard I think yeah. we're at least like four stars, probably maybe three i don 't know
1: yeah don't hurt our g p
0: a you didn't hype up and I said five stars now i'm i am i worried
1: i don't know Who what knows? if what if we 're only a four point
0: nine what if that 's all we're really worth? dude you if know? my book had a four point nine on goodreads like that'd be amazing like, I'm pretty happy with what it is now, but that would be incre- incredible. Yeah. I don't think a 4.9 is possible for a book of any significant popularity.
1: I've noticed if it's above like a 3, it's probably good. People just like to hate things. So, and there are some yeah. books that aren't even out yet and you'll have somebody review it, give it one star and say
0: I hate this author and then yeah. it's like what is that even the book's not out. You haven't read this. Yeah, I mean if if you get even one like one one star rating, that that drags things down. Yeah, You know, it's not going to like, if there's a ton of, it's five-star ratings, it's, it's not going to- It's incredibly gonna, hard for the rating to be that high. Yeah. Let's see. What's my book on Amazon? Looks like four and a half,
1: I think. Wow. Which is pretty good. Wow. Tom's just four and a half oh, over eight. here.
0: 4.7. Oh. Mm. Okay. That's pretty decent. But I, I, think the reason, I think the reason it has a good rating is, um, one, <laughs> we built a lot of goodwill from it being free. And then I asked for reviews from the people who read it for free. That's so true. it's not just like, you know, just people who discovered it organically are going and reviewing it. I think that's happening too. But there's a lot of like people who got it for free and then I asked and they went to did it. But so you're really not selling cool. it right now.
1: This book is a 4.7. Go get it. Look, we are so already...
0: It's free. We've already established that we're not like the best salesman in the world because if we no, were, we because feel we're, bad about ourselves. Because we're honest salesmen. <laughs> Yeah, we sell T-shirts. That's the trick—is that, trick are, is that you know, we're not just as comfy as the other T-shirt. We don't we try add.
1: to trick you, and that makes us poor salesmen. But hopefully, it makes us worth five stars on this podcast That's review. <laughs> there we go. Yeah.
0: Or is it just like is it meta
1: sales? <laughs> I don't know. You don't know seven, how many levels deep we're playing this game. this is, is nine hundred
0: and thirty-two D shoots and ladders. That's true. Now let's roll a D twenty to see if we go down one more level of meta. We're not, you know. I make all business decisions by the next episode. A20. We
1: should be playing shoots and ladders.
0: All right. Well, doesn't I don't, it have like some. Weird, I don't have that on hand. Some weird name in other countries. About to find that out. It's, it's shoots and ladders, but it's what is it in the other?
1: I don't know. Because
0: I heard, I know, I've heard other people describe the game before, and then they use a different name for it. Anyway, while Martin's, you know, working hard over here finding different country names of board games for you he's doing this for you yep maybe give us a rating i do it for Apple the kids podcasts. you know uh we are just share this with a friend send him your favorite episode maybe it's this one i don't know we have all those cool episodes that are before this one so we'll see uh you can also find our favorite resources over at collegeinfogeek.com slash resources which has our favorite apps books Gear, backpacks, all kinds of cool stuff. Our college packing guide and my essentialist books for students. So if you're looking for something new to read, check that out. There's plenty of good picks over there. And yeah, did you find anything?
1: In an episode of SpongeBob, they call it eels and escalators.
0: Oh my god, am I actually, am I actually thinking of that? It sounds I might be. thinking. It's also
1: called snakes and ladders, and snakes and ladders. Apparently, it is very possible that the phrase "back to square one." originally refers to this game which is very interesting to
0: me that's what it is it's snakes and ladders anyway eels and escalators it... is a great version it's an ancient indian board game yeah interesting yeah back to square one i didn't know it came from this ancient game ancient india cool. second century ad apparently and then yeah i guess the commercial version is called shoots and ladders and i wonder if there's even it's other because snakes are scary Milton Bradley made it in 1943. This this podcast is now just about the history of a specific board game. So, <laughs> yeah. Like, you're really just, you're f- totally fine. Oh, to any version of Snakes and
1: Ladders can be represented exactly as an absorbing Markov chain. Let's talk about the ramifications of that. I love Markov what that, chains. What does that do to the meta?
0: What does that do to the meta? What does it do? Well, you know, the meta has been kind of locked in for about 2,000 years. A, it's a
1: tough game. <laughs> <laughs> to break into these days i think
0: they needed to patch it it's, you know? it's tough to get in there what about you know ladders and more ladders yeah maybe only going up hmm. that's what team dog does that's true anyway what is that game called fortune street oh that's a great that game was a good game good Fantastic game if you want to be very angry at your friends anyway thanks you guys for listening to us thanks for hanging out and uh, we'll see you in next week's episode thank you